0: chapter 12 verse 2 and talk about uh, just uh, why we need to study this. One of the reasons we need to study this is found in Romans chapter 12 verse 2. And it's very familiar scripture to you, but we need to remind ourselves all the time about this. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So don't be conformed to this world. That's one of the main reasons we have to study this, because it's real easy to slip back into conformity to the world. We hear things on the news. We hear things at the workplace. Everybody's spreading what they heard on the news. They're tweeting it over, you know, if you're on Twitter, which I don't Twitter. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, to me, Twitter sounds like you don't have a lot to say. And so you just, you know, I've known people that were just, okay. That's what it reminds me of, just that little word. So I don't want to Twitter. I don't want to tweet. And I don't want to, I really don't want a Facebook. Every day, every day I hate Facebook more and just dislike it intensely. You may like it, but I just, i you know, I don't like to know when somebody did every little thing. You know, but I have all those people blocked. You have to have something significant to say to me to get through. Now, I mean, I may tell you, my, you're my friend," but and you are my friend. But if you're telling us what you did every day, all day, every day, I don't need to know. I don't want to know. Sometimes I'm like, that makes me mad that they watched that movie. That makes me so mad they watched that movie. You know, I do, I get like that. And so I got to just block that all out. Don't want to know, don't want to know. And I know sometimes you might be surprised what I watched. (laughs) Hallelujah. But boy, I try not to watch anything that would shock you or surprise you. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to live holy. I might not always succeed and I might be naive about some things, but I want to live holy. And sometimes when I mess up, it is because I'm naive. You know, like songs and stuff. I talked about that last week, just being, don't know what they mean, you know, and so forth. (laughs) So if you catch me singing something and you go, Miss Debbie, Miss Debbie, don't sing that. (laughs) That means something you don't know it means. But hopefully if we just sing about Jesus, we'll be okay. Hallelujah. But anyway, we need that renewed mind. And, you know, it's a constant renewal of the mind. And you will never arrive on the renewed mind. If Jer- Jesus tarries 25 years, see, I liken the renewed mind to, uh, like, if a doctor had to do, you had a wreck or something, and, and he had to take and, with tweezers and pick glass out of your brain. One little sliver and shard at a time. Now that sounds horrible, but literally in the spiritual realm, because of how our our raising and because of what we're surrounded with and movies and TVs and songs and television shows and songs and just people that work with us and stuff and that constant influx of those thoughts and even thought patterns in the culture that we live in. I mean, people in Tuscaloosa think different than people in West Texas. Not better. Just different, you know, we don't think better here, but we think different than they think here, there, hallelujah, but they have unrenewed minds just in different areas, you know, and so, you know, it's just, I, I'm, I would, and I think there is some places that are darker than others, I definitely believe that, so, but because of that, it's like every time we come to church, we're picking something out of our brain that got lodged there by something somebody said, you know, an old saying, some of those old sayings get lodged in you and they start forming you. And how mama did things and how daddy did things and how what grandma said, hallelujah, and even though we love our grandparents and our, our elders and our heritage, not all of us had a great spiritual heritage and even some of us that had a great spiritual heritage, they didn't know enough. Because Revelation is progressive. They, now, they may have lived better. Don't get me wrong. They may have lived a lot better. They may have walked in the light they had a lot better than we are. But they ne- didn't necessarily know the truths that we know. Amen? And so we respect them and we love them and we take everything we can get from them, especially that, uh, that anointing to live and that anointing and that, that, uh, that love of God and that, 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 that passion to serve Him and love Him that the old timers had. And I love to read about the old timers. And I have determined, there if anybody's been in around and has been in the, I won't, I won't let you come to this church. If you're an old timer and you've been around through any of the moves of God, you got to talk when you come to this church. You have to say something in this church. You have to put a deposit here because you've been through and you've seen things we hadn't seen. Amen. I feel that way. And so we had that little lady come one time. Y'all remember I got her up here, and she talked. And so anybody like that, I want them to speak if they've been through the the, uh, the earlier revivals and the or anything like that. If they, you know, Hallelujah. We need older people are to be esteemed and valued, and they are precious. And man, they they oh, I tell you what. And an older woman or man that knows the Holy Ghost, ooh, I tell you what, they can change a church. I mean, there was one over in Birmingham. Well, who, what was his name? Mr. Keener. Mr. Keener. Oh, he was, I don't know how old he was. He was really old. And uh, But boy, if the Spirit got to moving, he'd be the first one out there dancing and running. And I tell you what, it set the whole church loose. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Mr. Keener's gone on to be with the Lord now, but... You know, he was a blessing at Word of Life Christian Center in Birmingham. So uh, that's a that's a good thing. So, uh, but always working on that renewed mind. Never stopping, Never stop reading your Bible. Never stop listening to good teaching. I can tell you, you didn't get it all the first time you listened to a CD. You didn't. You can go back and hallelujah. And oh, man, I love to hear faith teaching that came out of the... You know, we're not in the faith... That, that movement, all the movements, like the healing revival of 1948 to 1959, that, that's over. It came to a close, but it didn't, the, but the healing and the truths we gained from it and the anointing, it was like God sends a movement to cause a breakthrough. And so we retain those things. We don't just drop them. We retain those truths. But that move, Brother Hagen used to say that during that move from 1948 to 1959, the healing revival, that it was as easy as, it was as easy as pie to get anybody healed. Easy as pie. And then we, and then in 1967, that, and, and you know, you've got to understand now these re, these these moves of God. Even though I say 1948, there's always overlap. It's like it starts coming in gradually. It doesn't just like one day. It's in full blown. So it may have started back in 45, and it built up where 1948 was really it. But, and that's the way with the charismatic renewal. It started in the early 60s a little bit, but it was it full-blown 1967, uh, outpouring of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Now, up until that time, the only people that had that really were the Pentecostals, and they were either the people or the uh, children and grandchildren of the people that had been t- associated with Azusa Street in 1906. And so, but uh, but that but then in 1967, such an outpouring of the baptism of the Holy Spirit started really in with the Catholics and such an outpouring of the Holy Spirit among the denominations, the Catholics, the Lutherans, uh, the Episcopalians. One of the main Dennis Bennett, big Episcopalian priest, uh, uh, Judith, Mac, Ju, not Judith, uh, Francis McNutt, big Catholic priest. Uh, you know, big, I mean, it was just covering the nation. The Baptist may have been one of the least. They were touched, but I sometimes think they were one of the least touched. The Methodists were, there was a great outpouring in the, in the Methodist churches. Lots of Methodists got filled with the Spirit. And it was awesome. And now, where there used to be a few Pentecostals, now the earth is literally covered millions of people, I've heard the figure something like 500 million people on earth speak in tongues, fill the Spirit, speaking tongues. And that all is because of the charismatic renewal. Not that they all got it in 1967, but they're the children and the grandchildren. You know, my grandmother got it in the charismatic movement, and me and Pastor came in right on the tail end, right as it was winding down in 1980. In fact, it was just the slop over was all that was left of it. And then we came in with a teaching revival. And, uh, and, and, and that be, began to be the hottest thing. It was just go... And you would drive clear across the world just to hear a teaching. It's like we were starved for teaching. We wanted to hear the Word taught. And, and, uh, and that was followed by a big... Really, I think the faith movement came in on that. And the faith teaching. And now... Uh, And that's, Pastor, you know, he said Sunday, he said, uh, this is not on subject, but the Holy Ghost is anointing this, so let's go with it. Uh, Pastor said Sunday, when we came to Tuscaloosa, we weren't ready. Or actually, when we moved out here, we weren't ready. Well, he doesn't mean we weren't mature Christians, that we didn't know the word. We would pastored 14 years. I mean, although we have matured more. But what he's really saying is we didn't have the right vision. We weren't ready because the, the movement that all we understood was the faith movement. That's all we understood. Didn't know anything else. That's only churches we'd ever seen models of at that time. And that I, little did we know, even though we're not, we're not taken away from faith and we're not going to abandon it, but that movement was coming to an end. And God was starting another movement that's going to be probably the last move of God, which will be fa- we'll have to have faith we had to have faith to get this thing through, but it's and it 's going to have the word in it because we 'll never get away from the word and the teaching, but it's going to be a strong emphasis on the Holy ghost it's going to be a very strong emphasis on uh, not just the gifts of the spirit, but the power gifts and the and signs and wonders like men had no man has ever seen before yeah they 're already starting to dribble in, and you know we 're having to get over the well we don 't like the camp they 're coming out of because that 's what that 's right now that 's what 's happening. We hear pastors talking, we get newsletters, and they're coming against the camp they come out of. You know, they just don't like Patricia King and her hair and her, you know, they don't like her. They don't like her. And it's strange. It's different. Man, because in Word of Faith, now we believe in putting on your highest heels and your fanciest dress and it it's gotta be a 300 or 400 dollar one to, preferably and uh you may only have one but when you go to the faith meeting you take that one and then you put on your diamonds they may all be fake but you're gonna have them in your fake rolex and you go and i'm not saying everybody's are fake some of them are real but there's probably about as just the same as many fake rolexes there as there are and um and uh, you got you you may have a you got your knockoff purse and you got and man we are dressed to the nines and we're pretty miserable too because Father Copeland can preach. Now his meetings are not so much that way, but over when it came out of Rhema and uh uh man we were dressed, it was coat and tie, and it we were dressed, and it was who could drive up in the biggest and the best, and there was Rolls Royce's, and they arrived by the dozens in planes, because it was the faith. It was the faith message. And we knew how to believe God for prosperity because we got taught. And we're going to, you know, say, well, there was excesses, that's abusive. Yeah, but God had to teach us and He straightened us all out. But He had to teach us how to believe God for big money so we could get this gospel out at these end times and get the harvest in. Man, we're not going to get it in on the poverty church mentality. And so God will sometimes God will let you go way over here. So when they see Patricia King and she's got slits cut in her jeans and she looks, and then she got that spiky hair, they just freak out. They can't even hear what she says. I'm telling you the truth now, folks. And transitions are always difficult for for us because we tend to want to set up camp and we tend to want to think that our camp is the best, and we tend to want to think that everything good is going to come out of ours because them other people don't have any sense whatsoever. That is the truth. But we need it all. we got to have the Word. we got to have the faith. But, man, we need to know what Patricia King and some of those people know about the, the, the signs and the wonders and the glory because I'm going to tell you the truth. The camp we came out of, they don't know. They don't. I mean, I heard some people, I mean, I'm not going to tell that, but anyway, hallelujah. God, the cloud's moving. The cloud's moving all the time. And so the cloud's moved on. And you know, we're trying to keep up. We must, we must, we must. And we're going to host a move of God in Alabama, which is one of the directions God has us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know, well, we're so little, yeah? Well, it's easier to move 40 people than it is to move 500 and get them to agree with you. And you never get the deacons to do it with you. The biggest miracle in the world would be for 10 deacons to agree. Is that the truth? Praise God. So, and also, just to lead into the message now that I'll get back on it part of all these signs and wonders that we're talking about is just what we're going to talk about tonight, which is uh, supernatural finances. And now we are good at believing for that. Hallelujah. And we want to get better at it. And we didn't finish that last week, so we'll just finish up with one scripture on supernatural finances. Go to Go to Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. Now, we have speaking of these movements we've been through, and you may have been through part or all of some of them. I don't know. I don't personally know anybody myself that I'm personally acquainted with that that's old enough to have remembered the 1948 to 1959 healing revival. Although you may remember seeing Oral Roberts on TV, anybody old enough to remember that, or seeing Catherine Kuhlman on TV personally. Somehow I missed all that, even though we did have a TV. We didn't watch TV because my daddy bought our TV at the swap shop, or the, and it was about that big and black and white Till I left for college. And when I left for college, they got a colored TV, and it made me. They also got a lot of new furniture and new carpet, new drapes. There's a correlation here. You, you're gone, and, and life's... <laughs> Life is better. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Yeah, more money. <laughs> Michael was no my anyway he was but anyway he was I guess he was taking up the slack. He was taking me places and he was providing the entertainment. Okay, so glory to God. So uh uh but with all that we've been given, the word and faith and all these things. We, the Lord told me to tell you this this morning. It's not all right for you to be unbelieving. It's not all right. And he's not pleased with it when you are. It's not all right. It's not all right for us to be Thomas and have to see to believe. It's not all right. You know too much. We have been given too much and it's not all right. So just make up your mind. You're going to be. Easily persuaded to believe. You're going to believe it through, not think it through. Don't let your mind get in the way. Just believe it through. Hallelujah. Even when you don't understand everything. Galatians chapter 6. So we're talking about supernatural finances here. Galatians Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. We're going to read verse 7 and 8. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Now you don't have to be a rocket scientist to see. Don't sow to the flesh. You're going to reap corruption. It's not going to be bad. It's not going to be good what you reap if you're always doing just what your flesh wants to do. Hallelujah. But when you sow to the Spirit, you do what is spiritual. You do the spiritual thing. You get up and come to church. That's the spiritual thing. You pray. You you don't resist the Holy Spirit. You don't resist salvation. You don't resist the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You don't resist praying in tongues. You just say, Lord, I want everything you have for me. That used to be big in the charismatic movement. That's what we would say. Lord, I just want everything you have for me. Everything you have. I want it all, Lord. Just send it all. Send it now. I don't care if it embarrasses me. I don't care, you know, I'm gonna quit. I just gonna receive everything God has for me. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that's what we're gonna, that's why we're gonna need to be now. We gotta sow to the spirit all the time, not sow into the flesh. When you have a choice, don't choose the flesh. I tell you, the flesh, the flesh is we want to choose the the spiritual way. Hallelujah. So giving money is a spiritual act. It is actually giving is always giving is supernatural. And the reason it is is because giving is not natural to the world system. It's not natural. It is a supernatural act. In order to give righteously, you have to have Jesus Christ in your heart. Now, I was going to tell you this last week, and I'm going to have to dig back to some notes. But I feel this wanting to come up because I know you're going to have this question. So, because a lot of times we hear about philanthropists. Y'all know what that means is. That means somebody that uh, gives to charity or to, uh, they give away a lot of their money. And uh, I've been reading a book about the phenomenon of the Jewish wealth and reading some of that book. And uh, uh, they have a list in America of the top 100 philanthropists and Jews are 35 of the top 100 are Jewish philanthropists. But let me tell you some something that's not so great about that. George Soros is the number one and he's Jewish. And you talk about. Wicked. That man is wicked. And so, um, hallelujah. So we'll get to that in this. So why do the wicked give? Because we know sometimes the wicked give. He's the biggest philanthropist in America. He gives tons of money away. Like I think 15 billion or something like that. Give it away. He's, He's wealthy, wealthy, wealthy. Number one, one reason they give, and this is not necessarily in the order of The main reason. But number one is to be seen. Sometimes movie stars and people like that give to be seen. Number two, they give to avoid criticism. Because people that have a lot of wealth get highly criticized if they don't share that wealth. They get really, you told me somebody, didn't you, that was, they criticize all the time because he won't, oh, our vice president. The vice president of the United States is very stingy. And he's very wealthy and he gives less than one half of 1% of his income. And so he's criticized for that and he seems, don't seem to care. So (laughs) number three, they give for a tax advantage sometimes. Nothing wrong with getting a tax advantage, but if that's your main motive, that's, you know, number four, they give because it's good advertising. You know, it is a very, you know, they always say, well, you know, the AIDS concert. And the and you know and oh they get they put that on and it was a benefit and everything so it's good advertising. Number five, they will give to promote their personal agendas. Now this is very big. They give to promote a personal agenda, and in the book I read about the Jews, this is one of the main reasons that Jews give is to promote their personal agenda, and some of that agenda is not necessarily a bad agenda. They, a lot of their money, they actually give back towards Israel and to help Israel. And when any time there's a war or something like that, they will raise, they, like in one week, they raised $235 million, I think, uh, in 1973 for that war and uh, just to fund You know, and they're, so So they they have an agenda, though. They give because of the agenda. Number five, I got that. Number six, their gift buys position in high places. You know, if you give to certain things, you get invited to certain big dinners at the White House and stuff like that. You know, you can get invited to things. Number seven, and one of the things Jews do, this is interesting, Jews um they reward they always praise their high biggest givers in their synagogues and stuff. They openly praise big givers. And they um and also you are um you only get if you're not a is, if you don't give at all or if you give very small amount, then you don't get invited to certain holy days. Like, you may not get to come into Rosh Hashanah or, you know, not just, they actually give you a ticket depending on if you gave enough to come to these holy days. And uh, there was a joke in this book, and it said uh, there was this man that didn't give anything to the synagogue, and so he had no... Oh, and they do not require you to tithe. The Jews don't. And the reason they don't is they tell you what your amount or your bracket is that you have to give because their people are so wealthy that if they gave a tithe, it would be too much money. I mean, if you make a $100 a year... And you gave your tithe, you gave a $10 million tithe. It's like, they just can't figure out what to do with it. And they can't, and they want everybody else to give too. So they don't want to just say one person is funding it all. And so they just say, no, that's too much. So everybody that makes this much falls in this bracket. And if you make this much, you fall in this bracket and you know what you have to give according to a bracket so they have this joke and the joke is that the guy at the door they were having some big holy day feast or something and so the guy's standing at the door of the synagogue and this man comes up and he says I need to go in and he didn't he said I don't see your name you don't have a ticket and he said I need to go in I'll come right back out I just need to tell my brother something I promise I'll come right back out and the guy said well okay I will let you go in to tell your brother something, but don't let me catch you praying. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's really interesting to think how the Jews think sometimes, know what they think. Uh, and so number seven, they give sometimes because they don't know what to do with their money. They just don't know what else to do. They just have so much sometimes. Hallelujah. Interesting thoughts. Because so, cause sometimes we go, well, you know, it's not so supernatural, It, it, but it is super... When we give, like we give, when we give selflessly, and we, we give in faith, and it's supernatural. Does that make sense to y'all? Okay. So, uh, when you sow into the kingdom of God, you reap from the kingdom of God. And the only place that money is multiplied now money increases in the natural realm but you have to have the supernatural anointing on it for it to multiply when you get now it seems like when you look at the wealthy you say well they gave this away and then look at them but they're making money on their talent on their uh their investments and things and it's not according to multiplication but we, without maybe, we may not be highly intelligent. We, may not, have a, uh, we not, may not have a rock star talent where we can sing like a rock star or play the guitar and uh, like they do. We may not have any of that, but we can sow our money and it will multiply because it's a supernatural act. So we will have money multiplication. We will have increase because of our sowing. And we need to start understanding tithing and giving as a i su- I'm doing something supernatural here. And the supernatural power of God is involved with this. And He multiply. I guarantee you He multiplies it on this end. Where sometimes I, sometimes I go, I don't think there's any money in the bank to pay the bills. I have literally been there when I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills today. And I'd get there and it was like, well, there's enough. And I would be like, you know, this is amazing, God. I, I don't even know how you did it. And I know that's in our life, mine and my pastors, because when we moved to Trustville with no church and no, uh, no donor base or anything, and we were going to churches to preach, but most of them were little churches, sometimes the offerings were generous, very generous, but sometimes they were hardly anything. And it's like, I look back and I go, I don't know how you paid the bills. I don't know how you made a suburban payment, a house payment. And we all ate. And, uh, you know, we got the cleaning done. We did all the things that you, the dry cleaning I'm talking about. We, we did all the things you have to do for life. Plus, we tithed and sowed big good seed, sowed a lot of seed. Hallelujah. And how did we, how did we do that? And sometimes, a lot of times, we wouldn't even have a meeting every week because we were just getting started. We might have two a month at first. And then we'd just be at church, the other. And nobody from Seminole was bringing us in in support. And like, I'm like, I don't know where it came from. I don't know how he did it. But he did it because he was multiplying our giving. One thing he led us to do while we were in that position is we not only tithed and gave offerings to Word of Life Christian Center and not only gave offerings in every church we went into. Some guest speakers will do that. They will give an offering when they're in your church. And we would give offerings when we were in their church. But not only that, we picked about 10 ministers out, and I think we only gave like $10 or $15 a month, but we were in a commitment every month to send about 10 ministers ten or fifteen dollars a month, which is not a lot, but it made a it's because it's supernatural, it made a huge difference. So don't ever doubt that what you're giving. It's not making a huge difference. You think, oh, we're just barely getting by. Just think what it would be. You have no clue how bad it would be if you weren't giving. Because the supernatural power of God is helping you. And He is multiplying your seed. And he makes it when your refrigerator breaks, which we believe for them to last long. But you know, there's going to be a time when it's just going to give up the ghost. And it's just going to. But you know, somehow he always made a way for us to get another one. And I'm like, I don't know how we did it. Hallelujah. And even then, even the things we believed for that weren't necessary, they were kind of luxuries, like another chair in the living room or another bookcase over here, which you don't have to have that to survive. But but we would put it on our faith list, and uh, it would work. And somehow, it would work. Everything is turning out amazing in your finances, Amen. It is not. It it is totally. You are totally blessed, and you totally are going to be supplied for by the Lord. Do not worry. Do not fret. Do not put your mind on it and try to figure it out. You are wasting your time and wearing out your little brain. Your brain may be just like a computer. It may just have so many hours. And if you wear it out worrying, I wonder sometimes if people that had Alzheimer's, if they didn't just wear the thing out worrying and fretting. Do you ever think about that? So, uh, I'm not, not, I I didn't hear that. I mean, I just... I guess I just thought of it from the Holy Ghost. But anyway, let's not wear it out. I know you will stress your body out. Now, I know that for sure. When I get stressed, there's just certain symptoms that start coming. And they're like the same ones every time. And all I have to do is calm down and get unstressed. And, and those symptoms leave. It's amazing. But some people never take that clue and they just keep on until those symptoms that are just lying symptoms... If you just feed them long enough, they can turn into something. So, um, hallelujah. Don't worry. This is a supernatural faith walk that you're in. You are living a supernatural life. When you received Jesus Christ, you had the opportunity for it. But when you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, you signed, you know, it's like being an American. You have an opportunity to go to the military if you're an American, you know. But if you go into the little recruiting office and sign on the dotted line, you are in the military. Hallelujah. And you are on your way to boot camp. And that's the way it is when you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You did sign on the dotted line, and you are now committing to living a supernatural life with all its glories and all its costs and all its benefits, which are huge. The benefits have been, we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit 32 years. The benefits are truly just awesome heavenly benefits. I wouldn't be without the Holy Spirit. I thank Him all the time for being in my life. I say, I don't only want you, Holy Spirit, I need you. And I want more of you, and I want more understanding, and I want to know how to function in the the things of the Spirit, the gifts, the fruit, the glory. And one thing that stresses me out, one of the reasons I can get stressed out is when, I don't, when something is pulling me all different directions and I don't have the time to give to that because I need it. You know, I can not too long ago, it was about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, uh, I came to church on Monday night prayer and I, was, I, I had had a stressful day. I was stressed out at work. Uh, I was stressed out. I got to prayer, and, and before prayer started, I was uh, reading in that little Dodie Osteen book that I, that I got for Rachel. I was reading to it before I gave it to her. And uh, I was reading in there, and out of that book, something, I don't even know what she said now, but I got this in my heart, don't leave the house tomorrow. Don't leave the house. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm not going to leave the house all day. And you can't imagine how it's straightened, spending time with the Holy Spirit. I got straightened out, got my faith revved back up, got back in perspective, that desire to, <laughs> you know, before you say something you shouldn't say, before you do something you shouldn't do, you know, and the Holy Spirit Spending time with the Holy Spirit will straighten you out. He'll get you out of that stress. He'll get you out of that frustration. He'll get you out of that, you know, whatever's whatever's on you. You say, well, I don't think I can ever do that because I go to work. No, you might not. But you may can say, we're not doing anything tonight. We're coming in at 5 o'clock. We're shutting the TV off. We're shutting the, you know, and we're just going to be with God tonight. Even, you know put the kids doing something quietly or whatever, or get you a Saturday morning, or get you a Sunday evening, instead of filling it with things of the flesh. Because of the flesh, you'll reap corruption. Which one of the things of the flesh is stress, frustration, you know, unbelief, doubt, the, the, the uh, you know, that that hammering of your mind where the devil is just, throwing doubt and unbelief at you and telling you that everything's going to fail, it's not going to work out. You know, that is a work. That is part of the thing that comes against the flesh. And when we sow to the flesh all the time, doing just, and I'm not saying bad things, not but just doing fleshly things all the time. Just compute, well, filling our time with computer games. And, uh, and, and, you know, I hate that. I hate it when I, there's every once in a while I'll fall into the, play solitaire <laughs> mentality because I don't want to think or I want to get my mind off of something. And then I hate it because I don't want to sow to the flesh. Hallelujah. So I delete it from my computer. And then, uh, you know, but ju- or just watching too much TV, just sitting there, just like, because you're tired. You know, the easiest way to fall in the flesh is be really tired. Because what do you want to do? Now, there's some really tired people in here tonight. I've noticed several of you, very tired. Well, you probably need to shut something down for a half a day or a day. Now, I stayed in, I even told pastor, bring lunch to the house. Bring me some lunch. And so I stayed it all day long, never left. And it, it just like totally revitalized my life. Hallelujah. We need time with the Holy Spirit. We have to have time with the Holy Spirit. If we're going to lead a supernatural life, and especially if we're going to put out into supernatural ministry and teach the youth and the children and the we got to have the super, we got to feed the supernatural part of our life feed it with prayer feed it with the word even meditation even just sitting there and just and and then even putting I know one thing I did that day is I had bought some new soaking music and I put it in and I I just soaked until I Until I got where I could even, you know, sometimes you get so tired you can't even sow back into that river. You just have to let the river come into you until you can give it back. And as these days grow more intense and more stressful, the more we need to spend time with the Holy Spirit. And you know fatigue, physical fatigue, it'll it, you know, one thing Mike Murdoch always says is when fatigue comes in, faith goes out. That doesn't mean you literally lose your faith, but it's hard to be in faith when you're exhausted. And I'll tell you what, Satan looks for that opportunity. The Bible says he walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he looks for fatigued people, fatigued Christians, he looks for distracted Christians. I literally can get out of the Word and symptom in a few days, symptoms will come. Not like, not like the stress symptoms I was telling you about, but like, um, you know, like uh, if you don't have a strong enough inflow of the Word, you can, you can start, you'll like upper respiratory symptoms. And that's how a lot of that stuff gets in. Cause when I'm when I'm putting the word in on a regular basis and I'm staying full of it all the time, and my granny Hixie used to ask her and her the she was big in she was in the charismatic days, and this was big in those days. They would come up to each other and say, Are you prayed up? Are you prayed up? And you know if you're prayed up or not, or if you're a long ways behind on your prayers. You gotta really Prayed up's not even good enough. Mark Brazee taught us pray out ahead, pray get out ahead of everything. But when I stay out ahead and I stay with my heart full of the Word, and not just from sitting and reading the Word all day, but from reading the Word, but also I listen to see I listen to tapes when I go to bed. Now I don't care what. You, of course, some of you are so tired that you'd put the earplugs in and mash play and it'd be over, <laughs> you know, you'd be like, and sometimes I actually do that. I'll mash play and wake up in a few hours and I still got the earplug plug in my ear and it's clicked off. But, you know, a lot of nights I get 10 or 15 minutes of good faith word in and uh, we got to feed on. So you got to find a way to feed. You may not like the way I'm suggesting and you may make a lot of excuses and say that wouldn't work for me. And, uh, and have a lot of yow buts. Because sometimes I do that to pastor. I'll come to him and I'll say, this is not working in my life. And he'll say, well this. And I'll say, well that won't work because. Or yow but this. And don't I do that. <laughs> and I just won't like any of his suggestions. Because I just, I just don't want to, really, I just, I don't know what it is. I can't tell you why I'll resist his ideas, but but bottom line is, most of the time I will go back and do what he said to, for me to do, and I'll and my life will straighten out, my heart will get right, everything will straighten out, and uh, but and so we can sit here and say I can't do that because I work, and I can't do that because I've got this, I can't do that because I got three kids, and they're driving me nuts, and. Uh, we can make, make all these excuses, but the bottom line is we have to find a way to feed ourselves and to stay full if we want to have the benefits, the immunity that we get. To I can tell a difference when I stay in the Word concerning uh, sinus and all allergy season. I tell a whole lot of difference. I can tell a difference in it not coming, but I can also tell a difference that the few times it's tried to come, I could just stand up and say no and, and, and spend some time, maybe 10, 15 minutes praising God and quoting scripture, be gone. It's like, it's like, it's like we have something supernatural in us that the devil responds to instead of us just having something in the head that we remember that we used to have and there's nothing behind it here because we are, we are flat empty on the inside. You can be so empty spiritually that that supernatural power, and you know, we, we, we know we build, build ourselves up on the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. And it, you say, man, it's just, it sounds like it's working all the time. Well, we're not working for salvation. You don't have to do another thing. You don't have to do one more thing if you're saved. And you'll be saved. But if you want the supernatural life, If you want the abundant life, you're going to have to sow to the Spirit. You're going to have to take the time. And you know, I want God to get us back to the place we love it, where we put our Bible in our car because we're going to Birmingham and we want our Bible because we're going to talk the Bible all the way over there. We're going to talk the Word. We're going to be, oh, remember this script, you know, and we're going to be flipping and doing it. Or like we we would sit at our bar in our kitchen in Seagraves, Texas, and we would just pour over our Bibles. All day, just, you know. And we, we got away from that. We got too busy. And now, and Pastor was working hard and long. But when he came in, in the evening, we were in the Word. And so there's a whole, I missed the whole 1980s. The other day I was at the salon and they were playing this, they have the Sirius radio, I think. And, and sometimes they have it on my station, the oldies station. And, you know, I recognize those songs. But I said, now, what station is this? And they said, oh, I think it's 80s. And I said, well, no wonder I don't recognize anything. Because I missed the whole 1980s and the whole 1990s. I can't tell you any song from those decades. I can't tell you any now, you know. I I heard a song I liked. And uh, I said... uh, and I'll tell you what it was. It was, uh, of course, I didn't know where it came from or anything, but that song, Your Kiss, Your Kiss is on my list, and I was singing that to Pastor, and, uh, and, uh, and I'm like, what? and Chris said, I think it was not, and Barry's just like, <laughs> 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 well, Pastor Buzzy told y'all about singing over the telephone to Brenda. <laughs> Uh, When a man loves a woman, I'll never forget that. That is permanently embedded in my psyche. Hallelujah. So I would go around singing that to Pastor. And Chris told me it was 1970s. I don't know if that was right or not. She thought it was the 1970s. 80s? You think 80s. Okay, well, we're not going to take a vote on that. But anyway, it was a decade that I missed. The 70s, from 75 on, I missed because I was... I, I was raising Colin, and he was a full time job. And then, and then the '80s I missed because we were in the spirit. And the '90s we're in the spirit and we're pastoring. And in the 2000s, by now I've lost interest, you know. And every once in a while I go back to the oldies Channel and listen to some of those '60s and '50s. Now that now that if I'm gonna get excited about a song, it'll be from the '50s or '60s. Hallelujah. Not that I was in the '50s listening to it, but. Those were the oldies when I was in the sick, when I was a little girl. The '50s songs were the oldies. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Sometimes I will listen to them. Make Carter listen to them, and he just rolls his eyes like, <laughs> <laughs> "Hallelujah." <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we got to stay full. I want this supernatural finances, and I want this supernatural life. Hallelujah. And, you know, we've all been through some times where we just weren't as hungry or we weren't as focused, whatever. But now's the time to get back hungry and get back focused. Start pouring. Pour, I care, you know, uh, Gloria Copeland always said, if you, if you aren't hungry, then you have to force feed. Even a uh, somebody that's like skin and bones and they've lost all their appetite, the only way they can get their appetite back is to eat. You have to eat to get your appetite back. That's why I have never lost my appetite (laughs) physically. It's never happened. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because I just don't have a problem eating. But, uh, you know, I have done that spiritually where I wasn't feeding myself enough. And pretty soon you get where you're not hungry for the Word of God. And you remember, oh, I wish I was in those days when I was hungry. Well, just force feed. In other words, make yourself go in there and feed on the Word. Make yourself, some days I have to make myself confess scriptures. But, you know, I always feel better when I do. There's nights I have to make myself come to church. There's nights I look at, there has been nights I've looked at pastor and said, if I wasn't the pastor's wife. But, you know, I have never, ever left. I wasn't glad I came. And I've never left this place that I didn't feel better if I was not feeling good. And I wouldn't have felt any better laying on the sofa. And there's never been a time I came to Monday night prayer. And I tell you now, I have drugged into Monday night prayer before because you're tired after working all day, aren't you, Laquina? But I have never left that I didn't leave rejuvenated. Hallelujah. There's something, I'm telling you, we have a supernatural life to live. Hallelujah. Praise God. Remember that song? There's something in the air. God is everywhere and His resurrection power is moving in this hour that Jesus might be glorified. Oh, there's something in the air. God is everywhere and His resurrection power is moving in this hour that Jesus might be glorified. Yeah, that's another song that we sang with it. Hallelujah. 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 Well, let's stand up together and glorify the name of the Lord, and then we'll sit down and take an offering. Hallelujah. The pastor looked at me, and I caught it. Hallelujah. We glorify you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you, O God. Glory, Glory to Glory. your name. We want this supernatural life, O God. We are grateful, Lord, that you called us out and chose us.